Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to The Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Mom Hour. I'm Megan Francis with Sarah Powers, as always. Ooh, I just messed that up, Sarah. Yeah, you're here. Are you here, there, or everywhere? Well, I'm with you as always, but I think usually I say... And as always with Sarah Power, I don't know what I always say. It's been eight years almost. So it's time sometimes for us to shake things up a little bit. Um, But we are talking today about the goals and intentions that we set way back at the beginning of the year. And what I think is really fun about this episode this year is that we talk about our goals and intentions like all the time and typically around the first of the year. Like that's just a great time to do it, right? Like, you know, in January sometime. But I believe this is the first time we've ever revisited our goals even once, let alone now twice. Yeah. Because we talked about, uh, we talked about this first in January, then we revisited like six weeks later just as a kind of a check-in. And then we just like left, we like let life happen to us for the following, the ensuing months and now it's been eight months and we have just a you know a couple of months left in the year and it's time for us to just kind of check in and say where we are now, how things have been going. It's a good reminder for ourselves, like what we said and sometimes to give ourselves maybe a little pat on the back for how much we've actually stuck to things. And then that sort of moment where you're like, oh, I let that go and, and that's okay. Well, and I think you, Megan, have always had really good perspective on how one can set goals and intentions and even begin a new challenge or a new plan. And it's worthwhile, even if it doesn't play out the way you intended. I can really struggle with that more black and white, like very rigid thinking where I can think, well, I know I'm not going to say do like 30 days of no alcohol in January or something. So why even bother? Whereas I feel like you, you are really good, or it seems like you're really good at that more like I'm going to try this experiment, see if I learn anything from it. If I don't stick to the program, that's okay. Um, And so I am glad that we're revisiting this. And I actually do feel really proud of us just for like 
just for throwing some goals and intentions out there earlier in 2022 and then being able to dialogue about it throughout the year without it being like, did we or didn't we succeed? I just I don't think we've ever wanted to be that um, like so rigid about it on the podcast. But what that has meant is, like you said, we we will often do something New Year's Eve on the podcast in January and then literally never talk about it again. And that's not really helpful either. No, it's not. And I think it might give the impression that we said we would do it and we just did it. Right. It all done, so true. It all got did. And um, that's usually not the case. In fact, sometimes by March or so, I have completely forgotten what I said I was going to do. So this is really a good exercise just to reflect back, to give ourselves kind of a little credit for the things that we did, maybe see where life got in the way or maybe where our, our intentions um, evolved or shifted, which is also totally okay. You are not the same person on March 1st or October 1st or December 1st that you were on the previous January 1st. So it's okay for those things to change as well. Yeah. And I think sometimes in the change or in the evolution of those goals and intentions actually might be some of the biggest learning in a way. Um, So the way I have us structured for today is if you didn't listen to those two, they're both more than mom episodes. One's from January of 2022. The other's from late February. But even if you haven't listened, when we go through this today, we'll say, we'll say what the goal or intention was. We'll briefly say how it's gone, you know, and like if we even did it, if we did it and it's over or if it totally changed, we totally gave up. And then also we're going to touch on like if there's something else that happened over the course of the first nine months of this year that maybe like achieved that same intention, but not in the way we were expecting. Does that make sense? So like um, we're going to talk about ways we challenged ourselves this year and ways we went easy on ourselves and, um, some categories that you came up with Megan. And what I think is really cool is sometimes we achieved the thing achieved, or we, we did the thing we wanted to do, but not in the way we said we were going to do it. So I have a couple of those that I think will be interesting to talk about. And I had a couple that came to mind that were a little, it was a little bit different, but, um, in noticing how I did or did not follow through with things, it brought to my attention some interesting quirks that I have or personality traits that I have that also can sometimes be things that get in your way a little bit or maybe just make things seem harder than they are. So I'll talk about that as well. Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip-On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah. And let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya, is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. 
Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the Haya vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Sarah, so the first thing we're going to revisit is the ways we wanted at the beginning of 2022 to challenge ourselves this year. Um, So we were looking at things like things that were either already, we were already planning to do by that point. I actually think both of mine were things that I was already midway through doing or things that we wanted to do. And we're just going to touch on what we said in January, and then we'll both come back and talk about where we are now, which could be very different. So The two that I had um, was that I wanted to do yoga teacher training. And I believe by the time we recorded that, that uh, episode, it was too late for me to back out. Sure. I knew it was going to be a challenge. Yes. And I, I hadn't started yet, but I was really close. I can't exactly remember um, how the timing worked out, but yeah, I wanted to go through all the way through yoga teacher training, which was quite an intense process, uh, eight weekends and a lot of homework in between. I knew it was going to challenge me a lot. So that was a big one. And then I wanted to challenge myself, um, by drinking less alcohol. And so I also embarked in a 21 day, um, alcohol free challenge reset, which I, um, wrote about a lot on Instagram. Actually, I think I did a post every single day for the duration of that challenge. And that was really, um, it was a big one because I think at that point I was having like at least a nightcap almost every single night of the week. It had just become so habitual and I wanted to see what it would be like to maybe shake that up. So those were my two, um, ways that I wanted to challenge myself in 2022. How about you? I I love that yours were both, um, very immediate. So at, you know, when we recorded that you had a plan and sort of an intense challenge, which can be the way you approach things of like, you're going to dive in and you're going to do something intensely. And both of mine were a little bit longer term challenges. So my first one was, I said, I wanted to stick with seeing a therapist longer than 90 days. And I think the reason I said that is because I had seen a counselor or a therapist two different times in the past, like five to six years. And both times it had got, it would have lasted like three months ish, three to four months. And it was useful and valuable. And then I moved on and I was about coming up on that 90 day mark with my current therapist when we recorded that. And I just thought I, I, I want to challenge myself to stick with it, even if I don't quote unquote, like feel like I need it urgently. Um, so that was the challenge was to just keep doing what I was doing, basically. I love uh, that you just slipped in a spoiler alert there. Yeah. Did Your I? current therapist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. My current. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> um, and then the, my other challenge was going to be that I planned to take a social media Sabbath weekly where I was going to sign out of and really be 
quite strict with myself about any scrolling or using of Instagram and another social media, but that's my, that's my main one. Um, from Friday afternoon through Sunday, every weekend. And my thinking was, um, that I just wanted to do less passive scrolling on the weekend when I was with the family. Um, I felt like I had, it used to be kind of a, like a nice break, but I, I have plenty of breaks now. My kids are in school full time. Like I don't, that it doesn't need to be what I do to zone out. And I was feeling the, I don't know, the negative impacts of it more on the weekend. So I thought I'm not going to restrict other types of Instagram use, but I'm going to um, make it a non-weekend thing. So we'll get into like whether I did that, but that was the challenge. It was a weekly social media Sabbath for me. So do you want to report back? Yoga teacher training. I and, will. And less, <clears throat> less boozing. That's what it says in our yeah, outline. Less boozing. <laughs> Um, okay. So I did yoga teacher training. It was every bit as challenging as I thought it would be. Um, I went, I got sick. I believe it was probably COVID, but I never tested positive, but like everybody else in my household was sick and multiple people were testing positive. And I had to do two of the weekends from home, which was really hard because I was sick for one thing. Like I was having a hard time paying attention and, you know, learning how to, for example, assist other people, um, in a yoga posture while watching your classmates do it on zoom is not ideal for lots of reasons. Um, but overall it was an amazing experience. And, um, I finished, I got a hundred percent on my exam, which was very exciting. My written exam. I mean, it was open book, but like, but there were six books. We were only, we were only allowed to have one book open. So you had to choose really yeah. wisely which well, one you were going to have open. It's all open book. Like you had oh. to learn and yeah, that's still a huge accomplishment. 100% is 100%. That's true. That's true. Um I will say that I am, you know, I still don't levitate. I am nowhere close to a guru. My sister and I actually did a little Instagram live together where we did a, a workshop here and she went through a very similar training to me a year before. So I had the idea, she jumped on it. And she trained with the woman who trained me. So now in like the yoga lineage, my sister is my mother, I think, or something <laughs> like that. Or, or she's like my great aunt. She's, she's like my, so my yoga mom's yoga baby. Uh-huh. So does that make sense? Or no, wait, my yoga mom is her yoga baby. Yeah. So Catherine's yoga instructor was my yoga grandma. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, they're very into lineage and yoga. So I, we got a kick out of that. But anyway, we both laughed about how half the time we forget the name of the pose we're doing. I mean, there was just so much to learn. I feel like I could go back through 200 level training like three times and still not like even scratch the surface. Now, here's a funny thing that will relate to my other, um, my other intention. And that is I still have one assist to do. Oh, okay. And remember how I mentioned that pattern um, that I might see emerging about myself. And I'll go into that more. I just want to leave you with this. (laughs) I wrapped up actual training where I was done and could actually have my like little badge or whatever. Right. Months ago, like seven, eight months ago, like a long, long time ago now, back in February. And then I had to do after that, like a couple of private lessons and a workshop. And I had to do five um, observations and five assists. And I knocked out the five observations right away. The assists were a little scarier because again, I had to learn how to put my hands on people's bodies. In fact, and like, um, including strangers. Right. And that's, that's really like, you don't want someone to fall on you 
Yeah. <laughs> and you don't want someone to be like, why is she touching me? Mm-hmm. Um, or I don't like what she's doing. And it's all very like everyone has to give consent for it and everything else. But it's still it's a lot of pressure. And then I knocked out four of the assists and I still have one. one more. And I've been just kind of not doing it for like three months now, which we can you can psychoanalyze me in a little bit. But I just want to put that out there that I am for like all intents and purposes done. But I can't have my name on the certificate I want um, until it I do that so last much, assist. Which is that is like literally it's not it's it's totally your thing. And it doesn't really right. it, it shouldn't matter to me at all. But I, like, I so want I get so much satisfaction out of completions, as you know. And so mm-hmm. I'm like. Oh my gosh. I'm you, starting to realize maybe I don't, but we'll talk about right. that. In a and little that's bit. also okay. That's the beautiful yes. thing. That is amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So for my um, intention to stick with therapy longer than 90 days, which was truly anything besides quitting at that moment, really, if I had just stuck with it for another month or so into 2022, I think that would have technically counted, but um, I am still seeing my therapist weekly. I haven't gone on any kind of hiatus or like tried to wiggle out of anything. Um, at one point I think, and this might've been before the first of the year or shortly after, um, I started to ask her questions about going to every other week, which if you've never been to therapy, I think that's a very natural transition to go from weekly to maybe once a month. And that's totally normal and a valid thing to explore with your therapist. But mine was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, and then, you know, the life threw our family, some pretty major curveballs in spring 2022, which if you've been following along, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and so I was like, oh yeah, this is, there's lots, lots of material here. So I, I mean, I, I have missed a couple of weeks here and there due to travel or things like that, but, um, very much still weekly engaged, um, in therapy and glad that I am. I don't enjoy it. I think I've said that on the podcast. I don't like look forward to it or enjoy it, but I am really happy that I'm doing it and proud of myself. Is it getting like, do you enjoy it? And uh, I don't want to say enjoy. Um, do you hate it less? <laughs> I do. Or are you used to it more? I do hate it a little bit less. And that's a relatively new, I would say just in the last couple of months. So that's, and that's coming up probably on almost a year, about a year with this um, round of being in therapy. And I do, I am, I am dreading it slightly less. And actually due to some scheduling things, I had to really rework the schedule and this affected our recording actually, Megan, just because of how I moved things around. And rather than be like, Oh good, I get to skip like two or three weeks in a row, which is how I used, uh, that's how I would have approached it. Like, Oh, I'm so glad I have work travel for a few weeks because that I can skip. I was actually like, Nope, I need to actually reschedule these so that, you know, skipping one week is one thing, but three in a row, I like right. didn't want to do that. And that, that was kind of new for me. Well, so it's almost like a combination of like rewiring your brain to where this is now the norm. Like this mm-hmm. is what the big rock, as yeah. we would say before you might've, you might've tried to cram it in around everything else. And if everything else got in the way, oops, therapy has to go. And I, was, I would be so, like secretly glad yeah. I'd be like, Oh good. You'd be happy about yeah. it. Right. Exactly. There's lots of things like that in my life that you have to get almost used to. And then it's almost like exposure therapy too, right? Like the more you do it, it's not that you enjoy it anymore. It's just that maybe you dread it to a lesser degree where it's not a constant irritant. Like, Oh, I have to do this this week. Yeah. So I guess that's a, that's a big, um, I don't know. That's a, like a check mark in the box for sticking with things that make you uncomfortable because they will start to make you less uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. 
even if they're never your favorite. Okay. So less boozing. Well, here's the funny thing. Yes, I did do, I did that 21 day reset. However, at some point down the road, like two weeks later, I went back and counted up the number of days that I actually posted about it and did the math. And it was only 20 days. I think it was because (laughs) I, I know, (laughs) I know. It's because I didn't want to start on the first because like, I think I had some plans like a brunch or something and I wanted to have mimosas. And so I had mimosas on the first and then I started on the second. And when I went back and did the math later, I botched it somehow and only did 20 days. Now here's the funny thing. Was it subconscious? I really only wanted to do 20 days. I think what I'm learning about myself perhaps is that I have a habit of like getting almost to the finish line and then just kind of giving up. Being like, well, I almost, you know, I'm almost there, but now there's something else that's interesting me or I'm getting a little bored or I'm getting a little, this is getting tedious. I'm making all these mocktails. How many more mocktails can I make? And I think, I don't know if it was honestly just a math error or if I like subconsciously sabotaged myself. But the funny thing is my personality type can also go in the other direction where I over deliver on stuff. So Mm -hmm. it's like I slightly under or way over. Um, And so... I then I'm not even I'm not going to say punished myself, but I felt like I had to make good on my commitment to myself. Um, So then I did like little mini challenges just for myself. I didn't talk about them. Mm -hmm. I would just be like, well, now I'm going to go three days because I I missed a day that I said I did. And now I have to like pay for that tenfold. So I did a whole bunch of like little mini spurts where I would like, I'm not going to drink this weekend or I'm not going to have, you know, whatever. It was like these little mini um, like marathons only they were like a sprint. So there you go. Yes, I did. I did do the reset challenge and I drank a whole lot less now than I did then. And that was really the point. I mean, the I, point I, that's wasn't what I was 21 ask, days is just anecdotally. Yeah. It feels like y- you do actually have some strategies in place to where you're possibly drinking less than you used to be. I get maybe that's a leap for me to just suppose that, but do you feel like in October, 2022, you are have like, Oh, absolutely. Are drinking 100%. Less. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And a lot of it, but I think I've shared in a recent episode when I was talking about, you know, just not having alcohol yeah, after a certain habit. time of night. Yeah. A lot of that just kind of happened. I didn't really, and that was the point. I just didn't want to think about it. Right. Um, I think my lifestyle changed around it so that alcohol didn't fit in anymore the way it might have like in my thirties. Like, I don't want to stay up late nursing a glass of wine. I don't like, there's things I just don't want to do anymore because I don't feel good when I do them. So I like kind of backed into it, but I do think the reset was really helpful. Cause I will say those first few times I had a glass of wine after, you know, going three weeks without, it was like, Whoa. And I know your tolerance does go up and down, but I think a lot of it also is like, you notice it differently when you're, when your existence has been sobriety for three weeks, you notice any alteration to that. Yeah much more strongly than you would if you were just used to it. Right. And so I'm not sure it was actually, I'm not sure I was actually getting a buzz any faster on day 22. I think, um, I think I just noticed it and was like, wow, I don't think I want anymore. And that was something I had not been used to feeling in a long time. So I mean, it did the, it did the trick. I would argue that the noticing is like one of the biggest things that we're after when we do anything from any of these categories is that noticing. 
And that's a that's a perfect segue to the way the other way I wanted to challenge myself with a weekly social media Sabbath. And on paper, this is a complete abandon, like abandon the intention, switch gears, fail, if you will. I won't call it a fail. <laughs> I did it. I think I want to say like through April. So I, I gave it a good try this year. I would log off or not even log off. I just I just had the discipline. I just would not check Instagram from about Friday after school through Sunday night. And um, I feel like it didn't do much at all for me. Um, I'm sure there was some benefit. Um, and then I literally just stopped. I was like, I don't, I don't mm. think I'm getting anything out of this. Um, you and I had a conversation in the spring that I probably mentioned briefly on the podcast, but you kind of pointed out like, maybe what you want is like a different balance of creating social media content versus mindlessly scrolling, um, like consuming versus creating being out of balance. And that was, that gave me a lot to think about. Um, I was also dealing with a lot of questions about like what and how to share things about my family. Um, and reels are fun. Mindlessly scrolling Instagram sometimes in some seasons of life is fun. You would send me all these reels on the weekends. And then I would like on Monday, I would just watch them for like a half an hour. So I gave up on the weekly Sabbath. Here's what I did instead. In May and June, I did a lot more creating content. Um, I did some more sharing. I did Laura Tremaine's. um, She does several really thoughtful social media, like community challenges where people are sharing. The one I did was called One Day May with different prompts in the Mm, month of May. Yeah, that was really fun. That was great to get back to writing. Um, I also like learned how to make some reels. I got back on stories. And then in August, I decided to take an entire month off. So then I did another more like uh, detox reset in August. Um, and a lot of our contributor team and a lot of folks on the internet did that as well in August. And I really enjoyed that. And then I totally got back on. So, I mean, I was all over the map with Instagram use this year and I did not do my weekly plan, but similar to your, um, alcohol, I actually, I still feel like I have maybe a more enjoyable relationship with Instagram in October than I did in January. And that is the whole point. Yeah. I mean, that w- that's a perfect example of how an intention can evolve mm-hmm. because you think it's one thing. You think it's one thing you're after. And then when you live the new intention or the challenge or whatever it is for a little while, you're like, oh, but actually what I really wanted to get out of this is B, C, and D, not A. And, and it's great to have the, like to give yourself a break a little bit and be like, I don't have to like um, white knuckle this to the end the way I said I would just because I said I would. Yeah. Because yeah. you're doing it for yourself. Exactly. Like no one else cares. Exactly. <laughs> it's not like your husband or your kids are going to be like, but mommy, you let us down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So those were only the ways we said we wanted to challenge ourselves in 2022. But of course, those aren't the only ways we have been challenged in 2022 because that's the thing you can't predict. So I'm just curious if you feel like you have experienced any other challenges that weren't on your intentions list, um, this year and maybe like what, what those looked like. You know, I'm not sure if I would, uh, classify this exactly as a challenge, but I would say it was an area of focus that I did. I don't believe I went into 2022 focused on. In fact, I think I was actively trying to give myself a break and that was, um, creative, like creative mindset, content creation, things like that. I've really had kind of an explosive year in that way. And I had sort of floundered around some ideas going way back to, I want to say like early pandemic was when I thought, oh man, I really want to start shifting 
some of my personal content creation into midlife and like, um, nature writing and like the other things that I just couldn't quite wrap my brain around how I wanted to do it. And then this is very typical for me, which you don't know something is a pattern until you see it play out again and again. And sometimes it takes a decade or two to figure that out. But I will circle around an idea for years sometimes and dip a toe and pull the toe out and dip a toe or take a step and stop, you know, go back. And I feel like this year, both one, both on the Instagram front, I really decided to kind of figure out reels because I just wanted to, it sounded fun and I did, and I've really had fun with it. Um, and then really building out the mother of, of reinvention brand, which again, I've been like toying with now since 2020. Right. Right. But didn't really go all in on, I think I just didn't know what I wanted it to look like. And now I've got all these fun things that are, they're just happening. Um, it's like the, the dam broke. So yeah. I almost yeah. wonder too, and this is probably a stretch, but like the discipline required for yoga teacher training and the mindfulness required to explore a relationship with alcohol, for example, your other two challenges, like, don't you think sometimes those things open, you just said the dam broke. So like open up things that had previously been stuck or blocked or just not being prioritized. So it's, I almost wonder if you could argue that your other personal challenges also like sort of enabled this, um, free flowing creativity. Well, I think so for, I mean, discipline always begets discipline, right? Structure always begets structure. Creativity begets creativity. So I think that, um, I think that what it did was it gave me like time and space and to create a new routine, to create new lifestyle. Like it just, it kind of put routine and structure around my life in a way that has benefited me creatively. And I think all, it all begets, everything begets everything else. And I think sometimes too, you have to quiet your mind a little bit to get some of the ideas that are more peripheral and don't need to be in there to like kind of squeeze them off, like to put them in the margins where they belong. So they don't take up so much space Yeah, right in the front. And I think all of the mindfulness and meditation that goes along with, with yoga is definitely a big part of that. Love that. Well, I feel like um, this is not an area I set out to challenge myself in 2022, but with friendships and community, um, I especially in the back half of 2022, I have felt really motivated to challenge myself, um, being out in the world more, um, exploring some more vulnerable relationships or new friendships um, in ways that like I probably would have been a little bit more guarded before. So this was not like a plan or like, I'm going to get out there and meet new friends, but a few things converged, including like two years of a pandemic where I finally just reached a point where I was like, I'm not happy with the amount of like local people I know and see and get together with. Like that took me a while because I, I am kind of a homebody. I'm an introvert and I have really good ride or die friendships who don't live in my town. So it took a while to feel like, I wanted something different, but once I did, I do feel like I've kind of been on a, what do you call that? Like I have been on my own version of a challenge or a program to just do more, like accept more invitations, go to more things, sign up for a few things. So yeah, that was not in the plan, but I definitely feel like I've challenged myself or pushed myself in that area. And I've seen that from you. And I think that, um, I think sometimes it's hard to do that stuff because you don't see an immediate like return on investment, (laughs) you know, it would be very transactional. It would be uncomfortably transactional for you to get together with a new person and be like, I'm only doing this because I hope that if I have a need, uh, I can call you. Like I'm only, I'm only going to build back my portfolio after a couple dry years. (laughs) 
Hope you're up for a drink. <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, I know you and I are both kind of allergic to that sort of transactional relationship building. But then the flip side of that is sometimes it is hard to kind of motivate yourself because you're like, really? I mean, do I need it? Am I getting anything out of it? Is and But you are, of course. And so is the person that you're engaging with. And that's definitely something I'm trying to see myself as someone who has time for those kinds of things. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. I think I, I kind of set that aside as one of the things I want to talk about in the second half of this episode. But just that idea of like this, it's good for you, you, Sarah. Yeah. Um, it does build your portfolio, <laughs> but it's also good just because it's good. It's yeah. just good to do it because it's good to do it. And sometimes like the process is worth, is just worth it. Yeah. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay. So I love that you asked this question, Megan, back in January when we looked at our intentions, because it's not very many people look at new year's goals and intentions as what do you want to do less of, but it's actually a super important question, I think, especially for moms to ask. So you asked us, um, what are a couple of ways that we want to back off on something we've really been hustling on or just relieve stress from ourselves this year, which was a great question. So the one that I came up with was I wanted to mm, have less of a white knuckled grip on my reading for pleasure. And so what I what I actually said is that I wanted to read like Megan, which was what I how I my interpretation of how you read is you sort of pick up books that interest you when they interest you. You skip chapters if you want. You don't finish books. These are all things that make my like I'm like so stressed out just thinking about it. But I wanted to radically change how I approached reading for fun. And I had this very like good reads. Here's my list of what I want to read. And I finished this one and then this one. And how many books did I read this year? And there's a lot of that on the bookstagram and I, I get it, but it wasn't serving me. So I said, I wanted to read for fun. I wanted to stop worrying about what to read or when to read or how many books or even finishing them. And that I wanted to be a little more like Megan. So that was my, that was just the only one I had for this list. How about you? Well, I just really quickly want to say that a great way to finish a book you don't want to finish is just read the last page and be done with it. <laughs> okay. 68% or of our audience just was like, no, that does not count right now. Or read the last page and it'll tell you if you want to read the rest. <laughs> that's another, that's another strategy of mine. So, I okay. Um, I cannot. I know you can't. I know that's way too far for some people, but I relish doing that. Um, okay. So I, mine two, which kind of go together. One was that I wanted to calm down about my diet, um, which I think I said would take some unconditioning. I think that subconsciously I have bought into a lot of hype around um, diets and ways of eating, which is weird for me because I was not somebody who 
has ever really been that way. And I don't yeah. feel like I have, like, I, I never thought of myself as somebody with a really bad relationship with food or anything like that. And it, I just saw it kind of creeping in, which I will partly blame influencer. <laughs> um, I thought culture. you were going to blame your um, sweet love of your life. So then you blamed influencers. Well, no, I, was... I blame him too. Okay. But <laughs> sorry, Eric, I didn't. <laughs> Eric know. is very, he's very into food. Well, I will actually say, in some ways, I rebel against the way he eats. And in some ways, that probably keeps keeps me more on track, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And not on track like the way I eat, but just like more um, balanced about fluid. the way I look yeah, at it. like flexible. More fluid. Yeah. yeah, like, okay, I see the path you're going down. I'm not going to follow you. But no, I actually think for me, I'm a little more, I'm a little more... Um, what's the word vulnerable to like social media midlife lady influencer types like that? Because I, because I look at them and I see myself or what I think I could be. And then that's, you know, I look at Eric and he's like, uh, he, his physique is not attainable for me for many reasons. Um, he's just kind of an outlier in a lot of ways. And like, I don't look at him and think, man, if I ate keto, I would look like Eric. (laughs) Right. Weird enough to begin with, but I don't model myself after the way he eats. It's more like I would be influenced a little bit by him and then influenced by like things that I was absorbing online. And so I just wanted to calm down about it. And then um, I remember saying, and this was kind of a little more vague, but like I really wanted to commit to a physical practice and emotional practice and a mental practice that is good for me meaning not necessarily pushing myself to like, you know, uh, build the most muscle or lift the most weight or be able to do this really challenging yoga pose. Although I have done some of that over the last year, it it was just a little more subtle and it's kind of hard to describe. Um, but I will get into it more when we talk about where we are now. Yeah, no, I think that, I think that totally makes sense. Um, Okay. So where are we with these intentions now that it is October? And for me, I would say this has been a success. I mean, reading for fun, reading like Megan, being less prescriptive about how I read was the intention. And by that measurement, yes, I have done that thing. I mean, it seems easy. It's like, go easy on yourself and don't take this all so seriously, but that could be hard for a person like me. Um, the Kindle, we've done a couple of books episodes this year, so I won't go too long here. In fact, we, we just did a more than mom about our reading recently, Megan. So people can go listen to that, but I just have felt much more like, um, following my whim and whimsy. Ooh, this mm. is available through the library on my Kindle. Oh, like, um, I started checking out the physical library shelves. There's a new nonfiction shelf in my tiny little local library branch. And I would just like, grab a couple books that looked interesting and without thinking, Oh, I've already got a stack or, Oh, I'm already in the middle without that, like weird self-correcting. It makes no sense to approach pleasure reading like that, but it was just a habit for me. So I really have, um, enjoyed this. It hasn't yielded like more reading or, or like mind blowing books, but it just, I feel like it's been successful in reprogramming how I approach reading. And I have like four books I'm in the middle of a couple that are physical copies and a couple on my Kindle and, um, go back and listen to the more than mom where we talked about what we've read this year, but I'm going to, I'm going to call success on this one. I love that. That makes me very happy because I think I must've picked up some of your old, um, knock the books off the list 
uh, reading mojo because I've been reading a lot more. Yeah. Like it's like I'm absorbing your energy or something. Yeah, a little bit, but I'll probably never read like Sarah. That's okay. Um, Okay. So my, my two, like where I'm at with them, I'm just going to kind of meld them all together with the diet thing. I have mentioned on the show that I've been working with um, a functional medicine practitioner, which like it's a service that has a health coach that goes along with it. So I talked to the physician for things like getting my blood work done and then looking at the blood work and all that. And then I have a health coach that I talked to about the other, like the lifestyle parts, like eating and movement and stuff like that. Well, the first um, call I had with the health coach, she gave me some really, really easy stuff to start with. It seemed (laughs) so it was just very simple. Like, you know, make sure you're getting fiber, um, protein and fat at every meal, I think was one of them and a couple other little things. But then One she said was, I would like for you to, um, take the time to chew every bite of your food until it's like applesauce or baby food, like to that. And I thought that's so easy. Like I was already giving myself an A plus 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 in that. And I was like, sure. Got it. I'm, you know, I I think she must laugh to herself because I'm sure everyone's like that. So, um, it took me two weeks to start. Because every time I would start eating, I would have the food halfway in my stomach, like half the plate empty. And then I'd like, oh no, I'm supposed to be chewing really slow. And then I would think, well, I don't have time for that right now. Or (laughs) I've already started eating fast. So I'm not going to now slow down. That doesn't make any sense. Like it just, it took me a long time. And the meal that kind of um, inspired me to do it was I was eating a Jimmy John's sandwich, snarfing it down in the car because I was starving. And Eric looks over and he said, aren't you supposed to be chewing? (laughs) And I, cause I had told him that this is the thing I'm doing. And I stopped and I said, but it only tastes good if I eat it like this. And then I thought, now that is interesting. That's baloney. Why would I believe that this particular meal is only going to taste good if I shove it in my face? And I think I'm not like that with every food, but like for some reason, that particular kind of food, I felt like I have to just eat it as fast and as, and as big as bites as possible. So I sat there and chewed the rest of that Jimmy John sandwich, like to within an inch of my own life. And it didn't really, wasn't that great. I have to say there was something about mashing, you know, doughy white bread, turkey, mayonnaise, and cheese down to a paste yeah. that made me think maybe this food doesn't even taste as good as I thought it did. And that was a little Dang. bit interesting. So after that, I got much, much better at doing that. And sometimes it's easy. Like if I'm eating yogurt or oatmeal, um, or if I'm having something that I would chew really carefully anyway, just because every flavor is like bursting off my palate and I really want to taste it easy. Yeah. If I'm eating something that I'm just eating because I'm, I feel like I'm hungry and I want to put something in my stomach not as easy. So that's been really interesting. And it doesn't require me to change anything except how fast I chew and how thoroughly I chew. And so that's been really interesting. Then the health coach started a mindful eating like pilot program that I got. She asked if I wanted to sign up for it. And I thought, well, I don't know. It said something about, you know, improving your relationship with food. And I thought, well, I don't know that I'm a candidate for this. I don't have like an eating disorder. This sounds like maybe it's not for me but I decided to do it. And I actually think like that mindfulness piece, um, is something that I am missing in just the way that I eat. I, I tend to eat like 
um, with one with one eye to, toward like, I just want to get this over with. Uh-huh. I'm busy. I'm going to go back to something. You know, I'm going to get back to my life. So I'm just going to eat this food as fast as I can, or I'm going to just eat what's available or, you know, easy to get my hands on. There's like that side of me. And then there's a side of me that really does enjoy eating mm-hmm. and approaches it very differently. And I guess I'd like that side of me to be present at every meal. Mm-hmm. Like I'd like the Megan that enjoys every bite to be at every meal, not yeah. just at like one out of every five meals. I so, that. yeah. So that's been really interesting. I'll let you, I will keep you guys all updated about how that goes. Cause I just started that. Um, and then I will also say that one thing that was not a negative about yoga teacher training, but just a probably very predictable side effect was that I kind of stopped practicing for myself. I was practicing for the, for the certification and to make my yoga mommy, and my yoga grandma and my yoga great aunt happy, you know, like to kind yeah. of do what was expected of me. I started feeling different when I went to class because I knew other people in class knew that I was going through yoga teacher training. So I felt like I had to represent. I felt like I had to try harder things. I felt, and some of that was great. Like I, this year learned how to do a headstand, which I would have thought was impossible if you had asked me, you know, just like legs up in the air, no wall headstand. I couldn't even get my knees up three inches off the mat last year when I tried to do it. And now I can really easily pop into it. And it's not necessarily strength. It was a lot of other things, but, Mm -hmm. um, I love that I did that, but it also kind of made yoga start to feel a little performative and, um, a little like high expectations on myself. And I just kind of stopped going for a month or so over the summer and really had to say, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing this for? This is a personal practice. It is for me. So how do I get myself back to where I'm doing this? Because I love it and what I'm enjoying about it. And I'm getting back there. Um, And then like all the self-care and I'll talk about a little bit more about this and, and starting to walk again and things like that. But those were things that I had to kind of bring back because they didn't like, I want things to ultimately feel really good. Yeah. And I want them to ultimately serve me. Otherwise I won't keep doing them. Right. So all of that ties in together. I love it. Um, did anything come up for you as you were thinking about these ways to back off or remove stress? Is there any, are there other ways you have given yourself, I don't know, a, a free pass or gone easier on yourself this year that weren't on your original intentions list? Well, I feel like I took the month of August off. I don't know if you noticed of life <laughs> of life. Like I was showing up for our recording sessions and stuff, but I just don't feel like I tried very hard at much of anything in August. And I will do that sometimes. I try not to do it when other people are depending on me, but if I can see that like life around me is starting to kind of ramp down, I will sometimes just lean into that really hard And I think I had been doing so much the first half of the year with the teacher training and like, um, and then doing all that content creation I was doing and like really doing a lot of things and traveling a lot. I was like, I think I'm just going to not do anything for a month. And it was lovely. I did not plan it. I think I planned it on August 1st. I think I was like this month I'm checking out. Um, and I kind of did and it was great. That's awesome. I love it. So, um, I don't have anything specifically that I like realize, oh, I was, I really went easy on myself about that. I think in general, it is one of my like midlife lessons to constantly be, um, 
gut checking what I expect of myself, what's really necessary. And if there's like a gentler interpretation, I feel like I'm, I'm doing a lot of like both and reframing right now of like, yeah, it's possible to like show up like this and also like go easy like this at the same time, you know, that kind of like, we always talk about that black and white or binary thinking. So that's just, that's a little more vague, but that's what came up for me. So, well, moving right along, you asked a question in January of ways we wanted to invest in ourselves this year. I think this again was such an interesting way to frame an intention. I can go first. I only had one again. And I said that I wanted to invest in, um, my, health around posture and alignment and specifically um, doing Pilates or maybe other bodywork stuff that would just put some literal money because this stuff does cost money um, into just my 42 year old body and how it works now, not from um, like a fitness or weight loss standpoint, but literally an alignment, like learning about my alignment and kind of geeking out about that. Um, So I'll, I'll, pop back to report back on that. But how did you say you wanted to invest in yourself this year? Well, I said literally invest. Um, so finances and, and finding a balance between personal projects, um, our projects living. And then I think I said something about frivolous beauty and wellness stuff going all in on feel good, um, self-care along with like the boring grown up stuff. Yeah. You, and yeah, I mean, I know we're going to get into whether you did that, but I remember that being like a pretty big focus and intention for you. Um, do you want to talk about how you did those and then I'll talk about posture? Sure. Well, I've already talked, I feel like I've already talked on this show at length about all of the like self-care stuff, like the gua sha and stuff like that. Like if you've been listening over the last few months, that's all stuff that now is part of my routine. Um, yeah. And I'm guessing I, in yeah. the February, I'm, I'm just thinking back in the February one where we checked back like six weeks later, I feel like you were maybe mid, um, like making appointments for all the things. So I think you might've talked, yes. I feel like you've talked on the show about, um, making those essential preventive care appointments for all the things. And you kind of went on a, like a, a whirlwind I went on tour. a bender. Yeah. I went on a <laughs> medical uh, care bender and I crammed about three years worth of medical care in about into about a month. Um, I had every scan <laughs> uh, possible done. Like I had to have my brain checked because my sister had, you know, several aneurysms in her brain and they're hereditary that was fine. It was clear. I had just like everything, everything done, but here's kind of a funny thing. I put off seeing a new dentist. And then the day that I went in, it was just like a, like they did all the x-rays and stuff. It had been like three years since I'd been to the dentist. It was pre COVID. Um, and they did like all of the x-rays. And so it turned out, I don't have like any cavities or anything like that. So I was like, okay, great. And then they said, well, you should switch to an electronic toothbrush, which I kind of knew anyway. And, and, but that wasn't the cleaning. That was just like the check everything up. And the dentist came in and told me what I should be doing. And then he said, well, and the hygienist will have more, like more to tell you like, like when she's cleaning your teeth, she'll have some more, really more specific advice for you. And we scheduled for me to come back two days later and the hygienist couldn't make it that day. And I have never called back to reschedule. Now, why, why did I do scans, blood work, like all of this stuff. And all I have to do to to make it complete is get my teeth cleaned. That's it. 
and I'm not doing it. And I don't know why it's like, why again, I'm so close. Like I did all of the things except one thing. So that is something that I need to, when I get off with you, I need to just call them and make the appointment. Um, definitely some business side investing happening in myself right now. There's just like nothing I'm like can talk about yet, but just things I'm working on. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's an area that feels a little like lots of little details. It's a little more nebulous because it's so many little things. Yeah. But I would say I did it. Maybe not. I did all the stuff I thought I would do at the front. I did all the front loading that I thought I was going to do. I'm sure there's still more things I could do on the back end. How about you? Well, I did Pilates. I took private Pilates sessions for about five months of the year. And then I quit. So this is another area where I think when I said this intention, I was really interested in this idea of posture and alignment and really approaching all of my physical health through this lens. I think I was feeling gross about my posture, how I sit, how I stand. And honestly, I don't, I think that just went away. Like it was something I was jazzed about (laughs) that I don't feel as jazzed about anymore. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed the Pilates sessions. I stopped them because they are, um, very expensive. And we were heading into summer when my kids were going to be home. And I had to prioritize like the times I was going to be home with the kids versus work. And, um, back to my other intention, I did not take a break from therapy during the summer, which I have in the past used, used kids being home from school as sort of an excuse. So it just, I think this one was not as big a priority for me as I thought it was. And my body is working fine and I'm not in chronic pain and could I put more focus into this area of posture alignment and core strength and all that? Of course, but it just hasn't, it has not remained a priority this year. So I was going to ask you, because I don't think I realized that I kind of thought it was just a summer thing that you just taken the summer off. Well, I think I said it was, but now it's October. (laughs) Do you feel like you learned enough to scratch the itch Um, or do you feel like you didn't, you weren't learning what you hoped or just wasn't, or you just didn't care that much? I loved the intellectual approach to body work that is Pilates. And my Pilates instructor is amazing. And I got along with her so well. And so I, if money and time were unlimited, I could really see just enjoying that hour for the hour's sake. Now, what I Hmm. didn't do is I didn't take that one hour a week and then create like a home practice or create some new habits that had anything. So it was like completely divorced, divested from anything else I was doing. My walking, the way I sit and stand, like it just was this like one hour. It was hour. in a silo. It was in yeah. a silo and it was an enjoyable silo. Um, but I think it wasn't connected to anything else. So, And sometimes those things can take decades, like years and years and years to melt into your regular life. Like mm-hmm. for that to not feel like something that always has to happen between X and Y time in a studio. And I've noticed that like trying to create a home yoga practice for something I've been doing for years and years and years, it's very hard to do because home is a different place. There's no one telling me to do it. And I sometimes forget what I'm doing. So yeah, I totally get that. Well, and I think we're here. The reason we're doing this episode is to like say out loud the times where it's like, yep, that wasn't, that one didn't land either. I didn't prioritize it the same way I thought I would, or I tried and it just didn't do anything. So I stopped. Yeah. Um, what about other ways we've invested in ourselves this year that like weren't on the list? Anything come up for you? No, I just think things I've already touched on. Yeah. Um, 
new business ventures, investing in myself creatively, but nothing that I can think of that I haven't already mentioned. How about you? Well, we, this is, this whole episode is not about our business, the mom hour, but I actually think we have made some significant financial investments back into our business this year. And they weren't all super fun. They were in areas that we needed to clean house. And, um, I think they have been hugely educational and I'm really proud of us for spending money inside of our business on things that aren't glamorous and don't like the listener is like, what do you mean? What'd you spend money on? Like, well, quality tax preparation and (laughs) like, you know, financial services, accounting software. Exactly. So um, that is a part of reinvestment too. And if you are a business owner, you know, like reinvestment's a big part of it. And when you're in a startup situation, it's like, Ooh, we're making money. That's like the most exciting thing. And then that reinvestment piece is less glamorous. So I'm proud of us. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Okay. Last category. Um, you asked us what are some ways that we wanted to invest in others or in our communities this year. And I said I wanted to foster kittens and that I was maybe toying with getting involved in some local um, philanthropy, especially around education and equity in education. So those were two very different things. I think it's kind of funny that I said fostering kittens was a way to invest in others or my community. I think that's a big stretch. As as we know, my motivations for fostering kittens were not altruistic at all. But I that's what I said in January. So what did you say? Um, a very long winded way of saying I wanted to give back and I felt very overwhelmed by the difference between, or like the expectation that giving back looks like linking yourself with an organization mm-hmm. or donating to a cause and how that has never really been something that resonates super strongly with me. I'm definitely more of an individualist person. I like to do my own thing that I think makes a difference, yeah. not like contribute to what other people think makes a difference, even though I think sometimes that the work done in those organizations can be great. It's just often doesn't work for me quite as well to, uh, hitch myself to like a foundation or someone else's system. So, um, I just wanted to find a meaningful way to give back. And that was it. I didn't really have anything much more concrete than that. Yeah. Well, I remember that part of the conversation and it feeling really thoughtful. So yeah, it was just less concrete. Like you said, well, what did we do? Do you want to go first? Talk about like what, if you have found some meaningful ways to give back? Yeah. So, um, one of the ways is that I, um, I'm going to be speaking again at my church. Now that was something that I was supposed to do literally the week the world closed down. I had an hour long, so I was going to take over the whole thing. And, and this, church is not like a traditional church. There's no sacraments. There's nothing taking up time. There's no, like, there's not, we're not doing the Nicene creator. And it's just like, are the apostles create? It's like, just, you go, the speaker speaks the entire time except for four song breaks. So there would be me up there talking yeah. for almost an hour. Headliner. I'd be the headliner. Yes. On the marquee. <laughs> and, um, I had the whole thing written out and practiced and done by Thursday. I kind of had a feeling it wasn't going to happen or no, sorry. By Tuesday, things were starting to look a little iffy in the world. And by Thursday they canceled. So I was going to like cram on Friday and Saturday to practice and all that. And then just didn't, I put it on, I put it away in Google drive and didn't look at it again for two years. So, um, 
I am someone who really flies under the radar at in group situations like this. Like I was the mom on the playground when my kids were in elementary school who kind of purposely didn't talk to a lot of people, uh, never joined any in organizations or committees. And at church, like I sing, people see me up there singing, but then I don't join any of the small groups. Like I just really fly under the radar and this, doing something like this kind of forces you out of that. Mm-hmm. And I knew that people would want to talk to me yeah. afterward. And for as much of an extrovert as I am, there's just something about that that's scary and sounds exhausting. Much less scary to stand up on stage and deliver a talk to me. Can I make a, can I make a guess as to why? Um, sure. As an Enneagram 2 and a helper, um, you want to be seen as approachable and generous and available and um, yeah, generous. But but deep down, if, I'm really not. Well, no, that's not what I was going to say. <laughs> but if you put yourself in positions where people are going to be asking a lot, you will have to say no. And as a helper, yeah. that is that's not easy that, for me. That is yeah. not easy for you. And as a mom who raised five kids and had a, and was self-employed, you just have 25 years of self-protecting strategies that even though your your core like drivers are around helpfulness, you actually had to set up really clear survival strategies because your helpiness was going to, into your family. Yeah. You could say overcorrected. Yeah, exactly. You could say overcorrected. Like when I read things about Enneagram and like where you are, you know, where is a healthy two and, and, and talk about, you know, setting boundaries. I'm like, no, actually, I think sometimes I, I over, I almost went so far in the other direction by recognizing that I had to do that and making that almost like a point of pride for myself. It can all, you know, anytime you think you fixed yourself, like it just turns out we all have so many things that we're grappling with. And so I did think to myself, this is a really obvious way for me to connect with people on both an individual level and on a larger level. And that it's something I can do. It's something that I am good at. I also talked to them about helping with their social media. And this was very interesting too, because it's one of those, it's like a, they have a tiny little budget and a tiny little staff and there was all this confusion about whether they really needed help with the social media and like what kind of help they needed me to do. And at one point I got an email from someone who said, okay, so you're taking over tomorrow. And I was like, what? No, wait, no, I didn't even say I necessarily wanted to. Um, now there's like the, like the part of me that might be motivated by either wanting to be helpful or feeling like my pride is on the line and I should do this that kind of wanted to be like, of course, I've got it. I'm going to jump right in. And then I thought, no, I'm just going to actually look and see what they're doing right now. And I looked and I said, so someone's daughter is running it. She's doing a great job. I don't really need to get in there just because it makes me look helpful Yeah, and start messing with the formula. Right. Let me try to find a way I'm actually helpful. Um, so anyway, I think the overall feeling that I'm taking away is like, I'm just trying to put myself out there a little more and be a little more available and less of that knee jerk. I can't do that. I don't have time. I, I wrote about this on my blog yesterday or well, by the time this goes live, it'll have been a few weeks, but um, that knee jerk, you know, mom of five, I need my cup to be filled first yep. feeling. Yep. It just doesn't apply anymore. Yep. Um, it's, it's old news. Yep. <laughs> it's an old story. And so I have I have the ability to do it. I just need to build the habit around it. And so that's where, that's what I'm working on now. I haven't figured it out yet, but I'm getting there. 
I really relate to a lot of what you said. Um, and I think the pandemic, uh, I, I think a lot of people are probably in a very similar place. The pandemic created some survival strategies for a lot of working parents and parents with yeah. small kids at home that maybe, maybe served us really well and maybe do still need to be employed for a lot of people. Um, but I really feel that like, this is old news. This is knee jerk. Um, for, for myself as well. When I talked about like making friends or accepting plans socially, I think there's a lot of overlap here because my motivation may yeah. be a little more social than um, give back right now, but it's the same. It's that being willing to say yes to something you don't know how it's going to go or if it's going to be awkward. It's a lot of the same flex uh, flexing of muscles. So um, for me, I said I wanted to foster kittens to give back. I think that's a stretch. I really want you to never foster. gave back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wanted to literally hoarded them. You're a kitten hoarder. I'm a foster failure. Um, and I don't think that was my motivation in the first place. I think I wanted (laughs) to foster kittens so that I could have tiny, tiny kittens in my house. And I did that. I did what I said I was going to do. Um, in all seriousness though, it did give me a window into how a shelter nonprofit is run. And I have such huge gratitude and respect for the volunteer systems that were in place at this particular, um, cat adoption shelter. And if you like listening, have interest in foster or foster to adopting, or your kids are getting old enough where they could really like benefit from that. I really, in all seriousness, it was such a good experience. And I really, I can't say enough good things about the completely volunteer run organization. And it also exposed my kid to what my kids to what that looks like as well. And they may want to volunteer at that shelter down the line, or we may, we may do a true foster, not like a foster failure like we did because we adopted both of our kittens and my brother adopted the mom. So we kept it all in the family, but, um, it's absolutely a possibility that we would stay involved in this shelter down the line. So that feels like a a big success. Also like a success because I have two cats and I didn't used to. Well, it was, it was a somewhat intentional foster failure, but I will also add one other, um, one other success to that watching you with the kittens and getting your feedback and, you know, just yeah. kind of following along really inspired us to get our own kitten uh, who we did not foster, but we got her from a shelter. And I feel really good about the organization that we supported and, hey. um, and everyone's very happy with her. She's a delight. I am happy to be a kitten pusher, a kitten enabler. Yes. Um, on the local educational foundation, I am still very interested in this. My mom is involved and actually right before we were recording, I noticed they were doing like a library literacy luncheon to learn about like literacy programs. And I literally was like, oh, I actually want to go to that. I can't this week, but I, I really feel like I'm on the cusp of really having the bandwidth to show up for things, to go to like go to some luncheon with my mom to learn about something like there have been opportunities that I haven't been able to take yet, but I don't feel like I'm just blowing smoke here. I feel like I am on the verge and this still feels very much like a priority for me. Um, it feels local. It feels related to things I feel really strongly about. Um, and it feels like something I can actually have an impact in. So I realize that's sort of, I'm punting this one or like just kicking it down a little farther down the line, but it still feels like something I want. You were in the pre-contemplation phase before, and now you're definitely firmly in the contemplation to almost action phase. That's progress. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Well, I know we are getting long today. Is there any other ways that you want to talk about that you've invested outside yourself in others or in the community that weren't on your intentions list? Well, I'm literally creating a community right now. um, And 
with the mother of reinvention community, which will formally launch in a couple of weeks. And that is the kind of thing back to our conversation about like feeling like the story we tell ourselves about how available we are or how much we have to give. And then sometimes that, that reality changes, but we don't notice it changing. Um, that would have given me hives five years ago to think about like, Oh, there's going to be all these people and they're going to, they're going to look to me for guidance. And I'm going to have to show up every single day and make sure the conversation keeps going. And I wouldn't have been in the, even if I had the time, I wouldn't have been in the mind space to do that before, which might feel ironic considering that is literally what you and I do, but it's kind of like the con with you and I, the content comes first and then we back into the rest. And this is coming out with a much more intention like a much more um, specific intention around community building, which I think is the kind of thing that, again, I've practiced all of these other things I've done have helped me become more practiced for. So one thing always leads to another. Yeah. I love that. I'm very excited for that. And um, very just, I don't know, proud of you, I guess, if that doesn't sound corny. Um, I don't think there are any ways I have invested in others or my community that I haven't already talked about. So I don't have anything else to add there, but I really, really got a lot out of this conversation. And um, judging by the length of this episode, I feel like we had a lot to say, which tells me these are still areas that feel right to us. And so hopefully Mm -hmm. you listening um, have gotten something out of this. And if you have thoughts on your own 2022, like how it's gone, what you've learned, um, I do think fall is a great time to do that kind of reflection. And, um, I guess we'll keep the conversation going as we approach closer to the end of the year and the beginning of a new year. Sarah, I am very curious about you though. I have to know if you feel like now that we've recorded this, you will feel pressure to, in the next two months, cram all the rest of it in. No, not at all. (laughs) Because you know what might happen with me? I might just stop. I might just completely get right up to the end and then be like, Well, maybe you caught me on a good day. There's very little that we talked about today that I either feel like, oh man, I should keep doing that. Um, or like now I've got to cram it all in. I, what it actually makes me feel motivated to do is think sooner about 2023. That is something I tend to put off because I think it's got to be perfect or I need a word or I need like a new planner. And actually I really like this more gentle approach to like, okay, this year's wrapping up next year is approaching. Like where, where, you know, what are we feeling? So, yeah. Yeah. I agree. There's a lot of value just in tracking in like setting the intentions out loud and then tracking them through the year. So I definitely want to do this next year. Well, um, before we sign off for today, just a reminder to check out our sponsor shoot. They are booking their fall photo shoots in cities around the country right now. It's really easy to hop on and grab a 30 minute session and you don't pay for the session. You only pay for the photos you love. They also have a bunch of holiday packages. They're collaborating uh, with a printer. So check out their gifts and offers page to get your holiday cards done and your photo shoot done all in one place. You can also use the code the mom hour for 15% off any orders of five or more photos. So again, that's shoot with two T's. It's S-H-O-O-T-T.com and use the promo code the mom hour. Yeah, definitely check that out. And we will be back on Tuesday with another episode. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon.
Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November, and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know, I am fan number one of the teas made. It's got such a cozy vibe and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines and home and family life. Just look for the teas made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's. M-E-A-G-A-N-Francis.substack.com. 